Welcome to First Generation Burn, a podcast dedicated to immigrants in the creative community. My name is Rich Tu, and I'm your host. Episode 61, Season 7. Today we're pulling one from the vault. This episode was recorded all the way back in February of this year. Back in the Listening Party Studio Canal Street Market throwback. Can you even imagine what your life was like back then? It's crazy. I sat down with singer, songwriter, and fashion entrepreneur Michael Cavetto. The original plan for this episode was to wait for a summer release to go along with his uh, latest EP, All or Nothing, but obviously we know how the world changed after February of this year. So the right time never quite presented itself, but I thought it would be a great time to present that conversation. Now, we talk about what it's like to be a first-generation Mexican-American in the creative space, how we got into music, into the music industry, and also what it's like breaking into fashion also with his line, Cavetto. Uh, it's a chill conversation, and also listening back, I forgot how much I miss being in the studio, so shout out to the Listening Party fam. Hopefully, we'll be back in there soon. Before we begin, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Make sure you're registered to vote. Your life depends on it. Uh, so here you go, our conversation with Michael Cavetto. We are in business. Very much in business. All right. Okay. So yeah. So just bringing it like right, right up close. You know how to work one yeah, of these yeah, yeah. fucking things. <laughs> why, why are we acting like we we knew out here? <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Cavito. Pleasure. Good to uh, be in your presence. Good to be in your energy right now. Thank you for swinging through to uh, listening party studio over Canal Street Market, where we record the First Generation Burden podcast. Absolutely. It's a pleasure um, being here, and thank you for having me. I look forward to sitting down and talking with you guys. So the way we begin this podcast is that uh, the uh, our illustrious guests start with a little bit about who they are and where they're from, a little bit of cultural background. I'd love for you to kick it off there. Absolutely. So uh, as you guys know, it's um, your boy Michael Cavetto, um, born and raised in Washington, D.C. Uh, as you guys probably know, I'm from a Mexican heritage. My parents are um, originally from Mexico City, uh, first generation Mexican-American. Um, I grew up... Even though I grew up in the States, I spent a lot of time in Mexico as well. So I grew up in a very diverse household. Grew up listening to all kinds of music, all kinds of aspects. Right, you know, right. um, my dad was always those kind of people that he wasn't always centered on one thing. You know, he, he would always expose me and my brother. I have a younger brother. Right. Um, me and my brother to a big Latin artist. Um, yes, yes. Oh, can we unpack that just for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So like in, in your youth, and you're, you're a singer songwriter also you're in the fashion industry right absolutely. now uh for the listener we're recording this in the midst of new york fashion week absolutely so there's a lot of big energy going on and uh there's even a new balance situation behind yeah, us yeah absolutely i just over. saw that coming in. yeah it's kind of wild um I, i'd love to know what you're seeing in dc also uh your family coming from mexico city what is that energy like when you're a little kid especially in the early 90s and early 2000s what's what's that vibe like for you absolutely you know well for us it was always a different kind of situation because you know like a lot of immigrants i know if you're an immigrant you can relate to this you know we they come here for one thing and that's to make a better life obviously you leave somewhere and um you're leaving to provide a better life for your family your loved ones whatever your situation is so for our thing it was always you know we we're always taught from a young age that um we're here to to make a difference we're here to make something out of our life not to let it go to waste so uh you know growing up um it, it was a pretty straightforward situation you know they always my my father always said to me look listen um i support you with whatever it is you want to do you find what you want to do and you stick to it yeah just make sure you make the best out of whatever situation it is that you do walk into so for me I, I was always into the arts when i was a when i was a kid yeah um i started off in the dis like drawing and stuff that yeah. was always my thing you went to sva yeah also? i went to, I went to sva you know, we'll, for us for a semester yeah for a, for a semester i want to talk about and that we'll, yeah we'll, we'll get into we'll that. get into I'm that so but curious. um but, pre but previously um before that i i was always an artistic person from the beginning um music kind of came together later on in my teenage years but as a kid that's what drove me you know i, I used to be very artistic and as far as painting and stuff like that and from a very young age, I also even just wanted to start a clothing line. Right. I, I had a few failed attempts when I was a teenager, but, you know, I think we're all, 
we all grow from that experience. What's a failed attempt for you? Is that, you know, like the t-shirt line that yeah, kind of does I, a I thing? Mean, you know, Silk screens and all that? I mean, you know, nah, because there's a lot of a lot of successful brands that are based of off that. But of I would course. say more just like, you know, um, you don't really know the direction you're taking things at that age. You know, you're just like kind of going with the culture of things and, and the flow of, of your youth and what you think is cool because kids around it, kids around you think it's cool and you base it off that and then years later down the line we were actually in a different kind of situation you look back and you're like oh well you know but you know we we all go through that phase i think right that's that's part of growing and um but uh, to answer your question uh the scene pretty much growing up in dc was pretty straightforward you know i grew up in in a very diverse area yep you know dealing with all kinds of races um all kinds of uh cultures you know, uh, my thing is when I was growing up also, I was very into like fashion even coming in from a young age, you know, at that point it was like, like the sneaker culture. Of course. Uh, yeah, DC is a big sneaker yeah, town. Yeah, sneaker, sneaker culture. Uh, we're talking about, you know, when I was in high school or around that, we're talking about like early 2000s, like mm -hmm. 2007, something like that. So that oh. was like the prime, like yeah. not prime, but you know, that's when like a lot of good thing, good things were happening in that. Yeah, in the, that room, that industry. I remember around the 2007, especially like uh, LeBron about to go to yeah. Miami, so yeah, like on the ver on the verge of that, like that that's popping off. Like Kobe's RIP. Like those were those are so massive at the time too. Absolutely. And also, the Jordan game was like really popping off. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a, a lot of great models, and in in that originals like classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around that time, did you have any favorites around there? Uh. I mean, I think I was pretty much rocking with whatever everyone else was rocking with. I hate to say it, but that's probably what it was at the time. <laughs> oh, for I, you know, sure. So much things have happened since then. I Before you elevate. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to remember certain details like that. But Of course. So I want to talk about, like, your creativity. Okay. And then uh, what your creativity. We talked about fashion. Um, and obviously now you're doing so much in, in the music game. Yeah. Like, like, how does, what is that manifesting itself into? And then how does that lead to you going to SVA? Like yeah, what what okay. what are those pieces? Because I've I've also had moments in my life where I want to be creative adjacent, but I just don't know how to get in that strike zone. How do you calibrate yourself at the time? Definitely. So pretty much, just a quick little overview on that situation. Um, I was always a creative person, yeah, and uh, that led me to kind of decide to at the time pursue a career um in design, like just graphic design, yeah, computer art, whatever. And I ended up getting a scholarship to go to SVA. Yeah. So for me, Which it was... great school. Yeah, great school. It's a big deal. So it's, yeah, it's a great school. Um, nothing against the school at all. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. I met some amazing people there that I still am uh, friends with to this day, you know? And... Um, also, shout out to everyone that, that drops out and does yeah, their own thing. That's what's out. up. There's nothing wrong with that, you Ain't know? nothing wrong either way. Yeah, so... Elon Musk is hiring a... He's <laughs> like, he don't care where you got degrees. Yeah, absolutely. So... We were rocking with that for a bit. At the same time, before going off to uh, SVA, I had gotten together with a group of friends, and they were actually the people that got me into the music. They were uh, this this duo back in the day. Shout out to to Joe and Brian. You know, I'm not sure what they're doing now, but they were very good people back in the day. And um, you know, we we just started hanging around a lot. And I would come around. They would be producing, making music, recording. And something about that just kind of caught my attention. I never saw myself as a singer. Never saw myself as a songwriter. It was just something that... When you feel something in the moment, at least for me, yeah, I just go for it, you know? Yeah. And it started off songwriting. I would come around, write. Our first... Like, our dream at the beginning was we wanted to be, like, prolific songwriters. Like, we wanted to get placements, whatever. At the time, you know... Our music was pretty whack. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but <laughs> you it, everything yeah, starts absolutely. at some place. Yeah, so we we were rocking with that. And um, I remember it got to a point where we were making so much music together. This was probably summer before I went off right. to college. Yeah, give us a give us a year on this Yeah, one. so this was probably 2011. 2011, okay. 2011. And um, we were just cooking up so much stuff together. And it got to a point where we had really no one to reference it for us. And we were just like, man, like, what are we going to do with all this? Like, it's cool and whatever, but it's not really, it's going to be sitting there. So I'm like, listen, I wrote it. Let me go in there and just try to 
get everything together and at least put some together so whoever we want to quote quote get it to can get the idea i'm just like all right cool and how are you distributing this at the time you this know it's pre soundcloud it's pre soundcloud we're talking about pre soundcloud pre instagram pre oh yeah you're yeah, right pre instagram like twitter was definitely popping twitter was popping i think it was just kicking well it was probably somewhere about it right it was peak there's no musically yeah. seemed to be tiktok at the time yeah no tiktok Facebook was pretty much the strong. Right. Was strong MySpace player. music still a thing? Uh, I think we had just closed that era. We just MySpace. closed that era. Yeah, I think MySpace probably went out 20, 2009, maybe. Yeah. I would say that's like when it's like really died down. I'm saying right. 2006 to 2008. But it was a music mode. platform for like a hot second. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah, before absolutely. Justin Timberlake bought absolutely, it and tried yeah. to revive it, and like, mm, everyone yeah. was like, no, we're good with that. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, we were rocking with that. You know, it sounds so long ago, even though it's really not. You no, know? It's, it's less than a decade ago. Just to see how much technology has come, come forward with us. and. Uh, Which, so, so how are you releasing the music? Where, where is it actually living? As far as... Oh, yeah, like, where are you? how are you getting it to the people? Right now? No, or, no, or no, at the time. At the time at, oh, at the time, okay. So at the time, we were... I think it was just word of mouth, man. Like, Got it. Like I said, these were the days when we just really didn't know the direction to take yeah. as far as how to even approach the music situation. Like, we had... We were just kids... With big dreams, yes, big goals, and I'm sure everyone who's aspired to do something in life has felt like that at some point with whatever it is that you want to do. But at that point, we were just like trying to get ourselves together. We believed in what we had. Like I said, now looking back at the situation, obviously, you know, after the experience you you go through and stuff like that, you you understand what's good and what's not. But at this, but at that time, that's what we felt. So we stuck to what we believed in, and um. I think we we actually started doing a few gigs around around the area. Yeah, you know? like are you performing? Are yeah, you? I think I think they were more the performers. You know, I was always more like the behind the scenes kind of person. Like uh, like I said, my producer thing, type. Uh, songwriting. Gotcha. That was always okay. my stronghold with with that little trio we had going on. Got it. You know, we had the producer, uh, someone who would come in and um, you know, help us with a few other things. But mostly it was the producing that they took care of. And I would come in on the songwriting side of stuff. Got it. And then eventually, like I was saying earlier, it got to a point where we didn't really have anyone to reference stuff. So I would have to go into the booth. And that yeah. was really my first taste of being on the mic. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And um, that's kind of where this whole situation developed from. And uh, how does that feel when you when you expand your skill set like that? Because, you know, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. your creativity is like bubbling um, with you know, with uh, with wordsmithing and and you know songwriting, and then the second that you start expressing it and you you start closing the circuit a bit in your own world, like how do you how does that feel when you're just like oh man I could do that too I could do that other thing too, I think it's a it's a great feeling a little intimidating at first because you sure. know you're just like I never saw myself in that situation but once you're put into it you need to adapt you know yeah. and you make the best out of everything that's just how I was taught to take on life in general. And um, it was something that after a few tries, I was like, you know what? I think I might have a shot at something like this, you know? And I think uh, that's where the whole artist thing grew on me. Was there a label at the time that you were on? Or uh, it was all self-release? Yeah, everything was self-release at that time. Oh, it was when Not Over You happened? Like, Oh, Not Over You. See, that that was... Uh, was that a leap from, from A to B? You know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, that's, uh, that's 2014. So yeah. we're talking a few years later. Okay, okay, okay. So that's where this guy comes in. Uh, I ended up in New York for school. That was my thing. I was like, you know what? The music's cool. I believe in it. But my eyes had already been set on, well, I got the scholarship. Why would I waste the opportunity? Like, yeah. It's pretty dumb. And on top of that, like, I got accepted to a good school. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go rock with it. I get to it, I remember. New York's just a whole nother world, man. Especially at that age. I'm talking about 18, 17, 18, yeah. you know. It, and it's almost, it's not almost, it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming, absolutely. Especially at that young age and me having not really been here yeah. that often. I mean, I think I'd visited a few times before on family trips or whatever. Yeah. But never really had spent the time here like okay wow like i'm here living now you know were, were you dorming <laughs> like I, you, yeah at first i was dorming were you uh, living at the george washington dorms no, like right i was living SBA? at the uh 
what's the other one? I can't remember the name. It's on downtown. It's on Second Avenue. I don't know if it's still there. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Second Avenue. I don't know if it's still there. Yeah, it's near like that 24-hour gym or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like on Second and uh, like between Second and Third and 21st Street. I guess so. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. A you lot know, of our listeners uh, have either attended SVR oh, yeah? or, or very uh, aware of it. So yeah, that's absolutely. why I'm digging so you guys, in a little bit. You guys know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Shout out to, to the RAs and everybody out there. They were, they were great people. You know, Shout but out to all the RAs. The RAs, you know. They used to <laughs> throw some crazy parties out there. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Those art kids are nuts. Art kids are on some other stuff, man. But Yeah. So what are you learning out there? Like, what, what's, your, what's your energy when you're, like, in it? So my energy out there is pretty straightforward. Uh, I was in school for computer art and graphic design yeah. so i always had that touch as well like for me it was always music yes i would be making music and i would be doing like art on my computer right that was my thing audio and visual I, yeah audio and visual that was always my stronghold and for me it was the fact of i never stopped making music though even when i got to new york it was more just like okay i'm here now okay it's cool i need to balance this out because i still have that passion for music yes but now I'm in a whole nother situation where I'm in a whole new playing field. And me being just around so many creative people, even just opened my eyes even more because I started mingling with people who were making music out here. Yeah. And uh, bumped into a few people along the way that were just like, wow, cool. Like started like getting more into it, being out here. And eventually it got to a point where I was just like, look, like, opportunity is a great opportunity for me and i wouldn't waste it but if i'm gonna do something i need to stick to something yeah and make sure i do it 120 percent. yes not 50 50 here you know full commitment full commitment absolutely so that's where i made the decision after my first semester there i was just like look i think i'm gonna step away for a little bit yeah and um, how did your family feel because i know from an immigrant yeah absolutely. capacity like College is, it's a great thing. It's also something that uh, a lot of immigrant families envision for themselves. Absolutely. As like, here is an elevation of the family. Yes. And then when you make a choice, like, what is that choice like for you in context of the family? Well, it was a very hard decision from my end. I bet. To be it's, honest with you. Because oh, for sure. like you had said best, from an immigrant standpoint, from a first generation standpoint, they value education very highly. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they always say like, we're here try to give you the opportunity that we didn't have or we did have, but you make the best out of the situation now. So for me, it was very hard because it's like the creative field in general is, is a very interesting field because some people don't consider that a real field. It's like, okay, like you make music. That's cool. That's, that's, that's your hobby. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, no, like I'm really spare time, spare time. Like, that's cool. Like, like what do you really do? You know what I'm saying? Like, so a lot of backlash that comes with that and um our parent my parents at least didn't quite understand that at that point they were like okay well you're in school like go get your degree whatever but one thing that always did trigger me was my parents were always supportive in the sense being an immigrant like listen like if you believe in something go for it yeah um that's real support yeah it's real support you know they they supported me regardless of the situation and i'm ultimately made the decision that i'm going to step away uh, by step away, I mean, I mean, I technically you would say drop out, but could always come back anytime. I made yeah. I made sure that I was like, listen, like I'm gonna step away. I need to figure out if this is really what I want to do before I commit 120 percent to a situation. So I stepped away, and that's where the music kind of started developing, and everything happened from there. So around that time, uncut gems era, uncut gems era, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like the weekend starting to pop off, yeah. like that's really like it was a the very sonically the sound. it was a very I would say. I got into music in a very pivotal time. We're talking about the era where we had the EDM was very heavy. Yes. But, you know, yes. everyone on the radio was EDM ash, you know, Pitbull, uh, Afrojack had big records at the time. Yep. You know, it was like this whole scene going right. on. So it was like, whole, like everyone realized that uh, Vegas was yeah, this, yeah, was yeah, this yeah. place and everyone's like trying yeah. to get to the like you know the the pool parties at the win yeah, exactly and i remember that was a time when it was like urban was strong but yep. it but it was kind of like in the back door at the time yep. it, i mean urban's always been strong um hip-hop's always been strong that's yes. a culture that's never gonna go away but i think at that time it was just flooded by mainstream edm music 
in my mind at that time, I was like, look, I'm going to go try to get some placements. What does that mean, placements? Placements means like uh, the time I had met a few people that were producing records. They had some dope beats. Yeah. I would come in. I would. Oh, like a write. feature or placement? Is yeah, like... placement is as in like I would come in, I would write a record, okay. reference it, and then let's try to shop it to, I don't know, uh, Kesha at the time. Understood. Okay. Kesha is like a, at the time she was pretty yeah. big. Uh, TikTok. Was, yeah, TikTok. Classic. We're talking about TikTok era now. Yeah. And, and um, not the app, but the yeah, actual song. The TikTok. song, the song. Isn't, everyone isn't that a miss though? Like, shouldn't she have cashed in on the name TikTok with TikTok, the app? Wow. I would be like, yo, Kesha could have. Maybe she is banking. Who knows? Who knows? But shout out to Kesha, by the way. Shout out to Kesha. And uh, that ended up taking a pretty interesting turn because that's where I ended up finding a situation where I met a few people who, at the time, well, okay, so after I ended up leaving school. I ended up uh, moving in with a few friends of mine yeah. that I had met through through my SVA days. Yeah. We ended up just kind of coming together like, look, y'all, you guys are still in school. I'm going to do my thing. Let's, let's get a spot together. I wasn't going to leave the city regardless, even if I wasn't in school. I was like, I'm going to make this work. I remember I got a few gigs here and there as far as like nothing to do with, with music. You know, obviously I had to put food on the table for myself. Of course. Being for myself. Everyone that's a creative knows you got to, Keep going with whatever it is you want to do. So along that time, I met a few people that introduced me to a few people, just being very brief. Right. And That's always the way, though. Yeah, it's like people introduce yeah. to people and it's the whole thing. And I just started going out a little bit more. I was like, I have more time now. Um, you know, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here to chase a goal. So in order for me to do that, I need to mingle with the right people. Yeah. So I ended up coming across... An old friend of mine I hadn't seen in years, and we ended up getting introduced to a producer I think at the time, who was working on a few few big records. Mm. Um, like we, what records? I well, it was it was stuff that he was shopping around. Like he already had had uh, been part of something before that. Okay, and it just kind of branched into he was doing something on his own. Yep, and um, you know, for me, anything that sounded cool at the time. Looking back, maybe I wouldn't think I would have done things a little different, but at the time things looked cool. I was like, hey, I want to be part of this. I thought I was doing some good things, you know. I, th I thought I had good good music at the time. I ended up throwing a little listening party here at a local studio. I invited a few friends. I I got to a point where we were working together for a bit. Like we we had this plan of putting together an album, releasing the album, and trying to go in to get a deal or a distribution or something for it. You know, we, we had a strategy and a game plan. I would say it just had to do with the lack of maturity at the time for me. Mm. The lack of... I, that's where I went through a whole phase where I always found a way to make the music touch people. Yeah. But I think I really hadn't developed a sound at that point. It was more just like... I started off songwriting. I always kind of wrote for other people. So I always... Thought, try to envision when I would make music who is this song for or who would sing this song so I was always making music for other people that was my start from in the beginning so I would say throughout that time we're talking not over you now 2014 yeah. 2015 is when I started coming coming together on a specific sound yeah. and really finding who I was as an artist because I can't sit here and say I was the kind of person that I've been singing since I was six or since I was a kid. This is something that I envisioned yes. and I made. Like, as an artist, yes. I made the artist who he was. So, can I ask something? Yeah. It might sound like a dumb question. Okay. But um, the way that you envisioned yourself as an artist, right? Um, because we're like this is a bit of a fast forward. Yeah. But with uh, with a new song, Strip, like which is the first bilingual song. Absolutely. Right? Like... In the not over you era, where did you consider yourself a a Latin artist? No. Or, or so yeah. So yeah. like, how does what do you were just like I'm an artist, and then how does how does how do you zero in on your cultural identity within your music? What are those convergent points? My goal was to just sound like everyone else. You know, right, right, I right. I wanted to take that safe approach. Sure. Like I've always had that business mind state of thinking what's gonna work. Yeah, I didn't want to take risky bets. If we're looking at music as a business, risky bets. If this formula is working for somebody, let me try that formula as well. Yeah. So, which is good. I mean, I think is that a common trajectory? Uh, it's it's definitely common in the industry, but yeah, I would say that uh, 
it's a safe bet in the sense that you're not really risking anything because if it's working in that time, it's going to work for you. Right. So I think, but what that does is there's no originality in the situation. So, which is the reason why a lot of people nowadays sound the same or sound similar or you, you can find influences of something in it, which is nothing wrong with it. But for me, at this point right now, I'm fast forwarding. I don't want to fit in the culture. I, I want to, you know, ascend and, and make an, an own culture of something new that's coming out. Like, what did you feel like you were a Latin artist? Or like, or is that something that you even identify with? Like, what? It- I think at that time, my focus was definitely not in the Latin community. For sure, it, yeah. it wasn't. And that was a very stupid move because it, it could I mean, it was the discovery of yourself. Yeah, too. yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not stupid. But it's I think it was more, I was always aware of the audience that, that it was. Yeah. But my eyes were always set on mainstream. Like, I yeah. always wanted to be mainstream. Yeah. For me at the time, it's not like it was now where the Latin influence right. on the industry now is very strong. Exactly. You have Back, Shakira and J-Lo. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Bad Bunny. Bowl. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Super Bowl, yeah. It's insane. And um, there were big artists, obviously, but yeah. they weren't at the forefront like you see it now. Of course. So yeah. for me, in the back of my head, I always knew that whenever the time was right, yeah. I would step into that field. But at that time, it wasn't something that was on my agenda. Yeah. Um, I want to ask a little bit about uh, fashion. Yeah, you just launched Cavetto. And you, because you've always had uh, the eye, right? Thank you. And, you. and you've always had like the, um, the, the nuance of like, of complicated pieces, right? For lack of a way to express that, because music's complicated, obviously. Yeah. Like, design, fashion is complicated. How do you converge all this crazy stuff and put out, like, a product? Yeah. What, what was the... How was that process for you? And, like, what, what were those... Um, what was, like, the launch-your-own thing? So, that came together. Me being involved in music, I started going around a lot of events. Well, actually, no. Let's, let's take it back, because... I want to take it back to 2011. Yeah. When I had mentioned that I was running around New York, just getting myself together. Yeah. Keeping food on the table. Um, before the end of that summer of 2012. Yes. I ended up landing uh, an internship at GQ. So yeah, GQ, like they just moved or they recently moved from Times Square down to World Trade Center, but this is back in Times Square era. Yeah, this was the Times Square era. So that's where I think my love for fashion kind of started growing as far as the interest used to go. I used to remember um, having to pick up certain things for, for photo shoots and stuff like oh, that. Right. So Being a runner. Yeah, being a runner. No shame in that. You know, that's oh. where everything starts. Yo, they need, you need runners. Yeah, you, you need, need PAs. You need yeah, absolutely. Like, all that. So, Interns, you need all of that stuff. So, you know, we gained a lot of experience from that sense of just seeing how that industry moved. Me being in music at the time, was cool yes uh but a lot of it goes hand in hand you know it's yeah it's a thing where artists and fashion just move the culture together i started just getting a little more recognition as far as the music and stuff like that so i would come out to more fashion weeks start off in new york right met a lot of a lot of a lot of great people throughout my my time there and um i would say 2018 i said you know what new york's cool I'm going to go to Paris. I remember booking myself a flight to Paris. Just, um... Passport, one of your essentials. Can't do without. exactly, you know? And we ended up just meeting so many great people out there. Yeah. I'll never forget my first Paris fashion experience. It was something to me that, to this day, I still remember it so vividly because it was always a dream for mine. Like, I don't know, for, for me, growing up in the States... Having traveled, yeah, I traveled a little bit before then, but this was just a whole nother world. You I know, bet. it was just like mingling with different kind of people, like just mingling with actors, actresses, red carpets. To me, that's just a whole nother world. Your headspace, like, yeah, elevates, absolutely. opens up completely. Absolutely, absolutely. Your brain must be exploding at the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it just brought so much inspiration to me. And I had mentioned before. I had a few failed attempts starting a clothing line back growing up in my area. Sure. But at the time, my mentality wasn't on that high fashion. It was more just like sticking to what's cool at the time, sneaker culture, which is... Right. I love sneaker culture. Eternal. Yeah, exactly. But my eyes were set on something more. There you go. Something about seeing the couture 
running down the runway. Yes. It's, it's just a different kind of feeling you get just seeing that come to life. Right. And I was like, I started meeting friends of mine that would put together these fashion shows. And I'm just like, so what does it take? They were like, look, it's really not that complicated in the sense that if you have a vision and a game plan, like you can do it too. Yeah. It's like, wow. So I said, all right, well, how are we going to do this? I always said, had this idea of doing something that represented me as a person and yeah. what better way than to just make a line with your last name on it. For sure. Which is what most of the greats do. Yeah. Mark Jacobs, Gucci, Lagerfeld, you know, all you these go. big names. Chanel. Exactly, you know, and... Uh, also goes back to your graphic design roots. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah, because it's so graphic. And Absolutely. It, yeah, it's clean and also, yeah, well well designed. Can I ask, in terms of the... Um, the, some of the pattern creation and and the actual like nitty gritty of that process. Do you get that involved with it? Like, what's your what's your level of detail and, and attention to detail in that space? Yeah. So at the moment, beginning of developing the whole Cavetto brand, I was pretty much the forefront of everything. You know, very early on, I was the one that kind of used my background in design and graphics and stuff like that. I took care of everything as far as the logos. But once we started putting together the actual collection. Um, which we're still working on right now. You know, we, as you know, we launched a uh, online exclusive last year and did really well. So now we are just basing off that and we're working on a full collection at the moment that we plan to debut in New York Fashion Week and Paris Fashion Week, hopefully, hopefully uh, this year. That's amazing. Yeah. Yo, let me know. <laughs> I'll be Absolutely. there. Absolutely. You're more than invited, man. Yeah, you're, I'll be you're there. You're in there for sure. No, that's what's up. So is that, are you looking at a, a fall, winter 20? Yeah, fall, yeah. winter 20. Yeah, and if for some reason we fall behind, then we're going right after that. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. that's it's, the It plan. is a bit flexible. Yeah, I guess, it's a bit plan. flexible because we're not really competing with having it out for a certain time. For me, it's about making sure it's right. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that have to go on behind the scenes before you do something like that, even just legally and stuff like that. So of we got to make sure... Because now we're doing it at, at a different, in a different way, you know. So, yeah. um, that's kind of where we're at with that situation. But yeah, I, coming really together. That's cool. Like, uh, I I would love to know, um, in terms of the like all, all the different uh, things that you have your hands in. Absolutely. Like, what's been the most? What's been the hardest? Or you don't? Do you not think of it in terms of like difficulty? It's more just th- like you you go from from project A to project B to project C and it's all the same thing. Like what what's what's the hardest entry point for you? In the beginning it was definitely balancing the music with just everything else going on in life. Yeah, of course. You know because as we all know like music is something you need to build in and make yourself have a career in before you really start, you know, seeing the the fruits and labor of your work. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, just, you know, balancing that over the years, like me meeting Kiev, working together, coming together with an album, releasing a few singles, some flopped, some did okay. We uh, found a formula that works now, and that's what we're sticking to. But to answer your question, I I didn't want to go off too much. No, no, no worries. We, uh, at this point, I think the pivotal thing for me was to make sure I had a schedule going on that had to do with like, okay, like we're dedicating this month to putting out this record but at the same time we know this needs to get done by september let's right. say we're talking about balancing the music and the clothing line right now right that's the that's the business that's shit the business shit yeah yeah that's the real business shit so and a lot of people don't know they can't yeah. wrap their heads around that part absolutely it's a lot of a lot of work Hell a lot yeah. of planning a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that a lot of people they'd like to look outside and the picture looks nice but inside it's a lot of itty gritty that needs to get done man so you know, I, I think for me, the, like, difficulty was understanding how to balance that together. The schedule. The right. scheduling, the timing. Yes. You know, the planning that goes into certain things. Yes, yes. So that's my thing. At first, I had a lot of difficulty with that. But once I got the hang of that, I think every everything falls into place. Oh, it works out. That's cool. Yeah. What's the team looking like for you right now? What kind of, how, how do you surround yourself with people that you know will get the job done? I've always been the kind of person that I've thought, Keep your circle small. I like to not really switch on people that I've been with for a long time. I like to say it like this. I don't have partners. I have family. You know, for me, it's I consider these people my family at this point. Like, we've been through 
rock bottoms. We've been through a lot of great things together. We've, you know, risked a lot together. And for me, if I'm comfortable working with someone, I know the way they work. I know their, their work ethic. Let's not switch up, you know? Yeah. Obviously, when you need something else that we realistically can't do, then we'll go out and find someone that could be part of it. But I would say right now, I mean, I have two, three people that are part of with me on the music side of stuff. Yeah. And as far as the fashion goes, I would say two other people, aside from like people I that come in with me to mentor and stuff like that, yeah. as far as like guiding me through certain things, you know, because I'm still pretty pretty new to the fashion business side of stuff yeah you know so yeah it's a lot of learning on the way but i love it no. i love a challenge and like i said Cavetto runway 2020 there you go we're coming for you i can't wait absolutely <laughs> um so so for the new single strip like where's your headspace with this and also what was the choice to go bilingual on this one so after you know dropping a few records over the years seeing what was working and what wasn't working most importantly finding my sound finding who I was as an artist, which I would say has been my biggest... Discovery process? Maybe? Yeah, I would say more of the discovery process. And I felt like it just took a while to figure out what image I wanted to portray to the public. Right. What right. sound I wanted to portray to the public. Right. What message I wanted to give out to the right. public. Right. Just how I wanted to make people feel in general. Right, like what's the Michael Cavetto exactly. thing? Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, there's always something that distinguishes a certain person from everyone else. Yeah. And I think that's something that any artist takes time in, in developing or, or even just finding it. You know, for me, one thing I'll, I'll say is I never had anyone to mentor me or I never had any like, you know, you see these guys coming out. They have big guys that come under, like on, take them under their wing, like they guide them, they, they give them the, the credit, you know, yeah. they, you know, they co-sign them or whatever. So you have a Akon co-sign or you have a any big artist co-sign, you're already at a whole nother... Yes. You yeah. know? The co-sign's like step 30. Exactly. Yeah, like the, people think like, oh, that's the break. I was like, no, so much work had to happen Absolutely. even for that part. Absolutely. So for me, no one came and taught me. Yeah. You know, no one came and guided me. No one came and developed me. You know, yeah. that's a very big thing a lot of people don't know. A lot of new artists have to get developed. Yes. They go through development, then they go through everything that comes after that. But those are very important things in building a career in the music industry so for me i just never had anyone that taught me that mm -hmm. never anyone that guided me through that so learning that all on my own was a step that i had to just deal with along the way a lot of failed attempts and a lot of things you know but you learn and you keep moving from that. Can I talk about something more tactical? Absolutely. Uh, um, in terms of uh, release schedule, releasing your content. Yes. Right, because you have some uh, musical artists that are more about like putting out quantity, yeah. like Neil's crushing it on SoundCloud, and then like that's their model, right? Yeah. And then uh, you have other artists which are uh, not traditional sounds like it's you know old, but more traditional in the sense that there is prestige content, but like it's it's you know polished. But yeah. then there's like there's less of it by virtue of the amount of effort it takes to put out polished material. Where do you sit in terms of like range and like, and how you release your stuff? One thing that I always has been part of my system is I'm very OCD about making sure everything sounds sure, perfect. That's the designer yeah, in you, bro. You know, it's that <laughs> something about it, man. It's like, I hear you. If something sounds off to me or even when it comes to like designs or everything, it's just, I, I, just, I just can't, you know? Yep, yep. So, over the years, I always thought putting out more was better, but stepping into this new game plan that we're working on, yeah. now um, we're being very strategic about the records, making sure that, you know, this is it, everything's sonically with it. And I would say, if you were asking this question a few years ago, I would definitely say quantity over quality. Yeah. But now it's quality over quantity for me. Yeah, that's point. cool. Yeah, that that makes sense. Definitely. Are you gonna do a video for Strip? Absolutely. Yeah. How soon is that? Have you, are you planned for that one? Yeah, yeah. We're um hoping to uh, start shooting in March. There you go. If you need an Asian guy in the background, <laughs> absolutely, man. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So you know, we're we're uh, letting the record do what it needs to do. These there you go. First two months doing really good on Spotify. Yep. Um, we just dropped a Instagram IG exclusive. Very with, cool. With Cavetto. 
Oh yeah, see, I see you got you got the paid partnership label. That's yeah, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, so no you know doubt. we we got a few things on our sleeve, and we're excited to see where this year takes us. I want to uh, thank all the fans and supporters that have, been, that have been supporting me throughout the years. Of course, you know it's been a lot of a lot of times where I've um, promised things as far as like letting content out, and I know things never worked out. But it was just a process where I had to make sure that I was fully ready to do what I'm doing at yeah. this point. Yeah, you know. Uh, I'd love to talk about fans actually for Absolutely. a little bit, like, uh, and of course, you know, shout out to all the listeners, like, you know, shout out to your fans. And and everyone that that you know connects personally with your content, right? Like, how do you how do you manage their expectations versus what you know you need to do? Because I'm sure they're like sliding in your DMs constantly, um, either just wanting to get a piece of you, talk to you in some capacity. But how how do you how do you manage that? Like, you know, but also knowing that you know there's a there's a trajectory, and then there's theoretically a world where it could just be the loudest thing ever. You know what I'm saying? I think at, at right now at this point, I think I kind of know what my core fan base is. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what led me to the decision of sticking to this new kind of sound. Yeah. Of course, we, we live in a place where not everyone's going to ride with what you what you do and whatever. Yeah. But that's that's part of life. It's part of the game. So I, I tend to try to first and foremost, please myself yeah. when it comes to making music. Because if I don't feel good making something, then making someone else feel that way to me just theoretically doesn't make sense yes so first and foremost when i make a record now to try to release to the world i look at three things which would be can i rock to this is it a at least a good message i'm sending out or mm -hmm. at least something that's worthy of putting out yeah and three is it a catchy beat yeah because that you know my, my you thing listen to exactly it. there yeah. you go so for me it's like I'll sit on songs or records for weeks before I'm like, listen, like, let's finish this record up or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think Strip came together, you know, I was sitting on that on that record for a while and I was like, man, I love this beat, but I don't even know how to approach this situation. You know, sometimes as creatives and artists, we get brain freezes as far as like, we just don't really have an idea to, to do what we need to do. So, um, you know, at this point, to answer your question, I think the fans know know what they want. I think I've, over the years, been able to see and understand what my fans want. And at some point, I always tend to meet them halfway in the middle. There's always something that can, that can go wrong or something that can go right. Yeah. But I'm always trying to be in that middle so at least I know it's it'll work out either way. So that's kind of where I'm at with uh, balancing that up. Uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about the trajectory of of uh, the Latin sound overall. Absolutely. Because right now, I mean, obviously, it's always been big, but it, but in the states now, it's it's so massive. Yeah. And it's and it's and I personally love it. Um, and also, I remember last year um, I was attending the VMAs, yeah. and then I, you know, like you know, J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Arthur, just killing it. And uh, that was the first time I think that. Uh, the VMAs great, ever... great guy by the way oh bumped oh. into him a few times oh yeah. word oh yeah, that's Balvin. what's up shout oh. out to Balvin oh shout out to Balvin that's what's up yeah. no. uh, great hairline <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> I love it uh, coming from a guy with zero hair yeah <laughs> so like seeing seeing like the explosion right now um, even more so like where you know we're talking about the Super Bowl what do you think is the the bigger world trajectory and where do you think you live in that trajectory Listen, I think Latin music was always going to get here. Of course. You know, it's been here. It's been here. Our the community in in America, you know, the with everything going on politically and stuff like that, what people don't understand is that there's always been a market for for Latin people. Absolutely. You know, there's always been a um an audience here that just hasn't been catered to. And I think it was just a matter of of bringing it to the mainstream light for yeah. us to really say, "Okay, wow." Because the fans have always been there. The audience has always been there. Yeah. It was just the industry just didn't want to let it in. Yeah. So it wasn't until... What do you think those barriers are? Well, I think it was just about the culture coming together in a way yeah. that it hadn't come together before. You know, it was just... I think a lot of Latin artists at the time were talking about pre... The Latin explosion. I'll call it the Latin explosion. Yeah. Which is what we're seeing right now. You know, everyone was just competing with themselves as far as like trying to provide 
music for their fan base. Yes. No one really had the vision that you see people like, for example, Balvin nowadays, you know, yeah. doing the fashion stuff, you know, Bad Bunny, you know, crossing over to certain records. You know, we always as a culture and as a as a community, we just never had that outreach of thinking that we could touch that international platform. You know, we had at the time a few artists that were Latin that were doing stuff. I mean, I would say like Enrique Iglesias, J Lo, yeah. for example. These of are course. Pitbull. These are right people that have always put the Latin community. Yeah. Iglesias, oh, half Filipino. Yeah, Shout out. absolutely. You know, we always had these artists that represented the Latinos, but they weren't trying to push the culture on an international scale to what it is looking to now. So I think that at some point, some somebody just said, listen, like, we're either going to do this together or we're never going to do it. And it just came together. It was a process, you know, yeah, sure. but we came. Yeah, we came together and now we're seeing what we're seeing, like Latin artists taking awards at American yeah. award shows. Yes. Latin artists taking most viewed on YouTube. Yes. In a, in a lot of categories, a yes. lot of and just in general, just look at this. We're seeing a lot of American artists coming together with Latin artists now to make records. Yeah. I mean, we got this DJ Snake record that I, I'm always hearing on the radio right now. I love <laughs> uh, with Tiger and Balvin. Yeah, you know, there it's you doing go. really good. Or just look at Shout a few. Tiger. Yeah, look look at a few years ago, uh, JB with um, Luis Fonsi. And, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Despacito. I mean, that, yeah, that did course. some some great things for our culture as well. So. Along that oh, yeah, way, Bieber just rolled up into the MTV studio oh, yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, with his little mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bieber, by Shout the way. Shout out to Bieber. So, to not get off topic, yeah. At some point, for me, one thing I realized was: listen, there's no, like, all these artists. There's no one in the Mexican field representing for Mexicans on what. Balvin, Maluma, and all them are doing for Colombia, or just Daddy Yankee and all these, and Bad Bunny are doing for Puerto Rico. Yeah. And for me, that was like, why is that not happening when Mexico is one of the most pivotal uh, playing grounds? I yeah. mean, everything, if you think about it, everything has to go through Mexico to reach the States. Absolutely. So for me, it's like, there's such a flashlight yeah, on exactly. it. Exactly. So it's like, why are these artists not thinking from Mexico? which we have great artists, by the way, but no one's really pushing that international agenda where it's like, listen, like, this is f to do on an international scale. Yeah. So I was like, listen, what am I doing? Like, I got the advantage point here where I'm Mexican-American. Yes. I'm first- Power to that. Yeah, I'm, f I'm first generation. Definitely power to that. I'm bilingual. Yeah, there you go. I can make English music. I can make Spanish music. I can make English music. Let's go. Yeah. Let's let's do this. It just had to be a record that felt right to me. It yes. had, to, had to be a record that spoke to both cultures. Uh, I wanted to give a little influence from everything that I've been through in my life as far as the sounds I grew up listening to, even just the the wordplay, the flow of everything. Because if you hear Strip, it's a record that has a little bit of influence of urban, a little bit of hip-hop. Yeah. Super danceable. Of, yes, super danceable, a little dance hall, a little Caribbean. Yes. It's a mix of everything. And even just the way I'm able to even just go back and forth between the English and the Spanish, I think there's not a lot of artists right now, at least, that I can think of off the top of my head right. that work those kind of records. And I think for us, me being Mexican-American, me being Mexican, I'll say Mexican because I, I represent Mexico till the end. Shout out. And... um that was for me an opening point where I was like, listen, we have a very niche playing field yes. that no one is really scraping. Let's go in there. Yeah. You know, I was making records in English before then. And I was like, that's cool. But the Latin community is so strong. And one thing about Latin America that people don't understand is like, they're very loyal fans. They're very big consumers you know so that was something that for me was an eye-opener and you know we, we we just always decided we need to work so first of all i want to say this is dope this is such a great conversation so much, i feel like you know i feel like i'm absorbing so much from you right now and that's that's a great thing um 
as we're, as we're winding down, uh, what's your next couple of big bets that are coming down the pike for you? I know you talked about uh, the fall winter 20 uh, line that's coming out for Cavetto. Um, anything else coming down the pike for you? Absolutely. We're planning on dropping our album this year as well. Dope. All or nothing. Uh, very straightforward type of thing, which is go. our mentality right now. It's like we're here for all or nothing. That's it. When's your drop date? We don't have an exact drop date, but I'm sure we're planning on getting it to you guys before the end of the summer. End of the summer? Okay, yeah. cool. We can drop so this. It's, yeah, yeah, so it's going to be a a very interesting project. It's a mix of English and Spanish music. There you go. You know, it's it's a body of work that I've, I've been working on for a while now, and it just felt right at this point to, yeah. to let the fans um, get what they've been waiting for. Any any features you can talk about right now? Uh, nothing right now, but you all know, secrets. All secrets. I'm sure you guys will recognize some people on there, and <laughs> I'm sure you guys will love it. There you go. A lot of good records, a lot of ups and downs, and a lot of stories being told. So you'll have to wait and see. But thank you everyone for rocking with me, and you know we won't disappoint. Michael Cavetto, thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you so through. much, man. And Appreciate our fans, it. And our fans can find you on Instagram. I know you're popping off. Absolutely. At, on Instagram, follow me at Michael Cavetto. Um, make sure you follow Official Cavetto on Instagram as well. There you go. Stay tuned for our drops. We're going to be dropping a few exclusive pieces before our actual full collection coming out. But I need that lambskin jacket. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> We're going to get a few pieces to you. You know, I, I was, I was, that. I was telling my uh, Kiev before I came. I was like, man, I, I totally forgot to grab a few pieces for nah, him. So no worries. We'll make sure we get that over to you, man. But aside from that, album dropping soon. Cavetto 2020 line coming soon. Thank you so much for the support, everyone. And uh, we won't disappoint. Thank you so much. Cheers. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening. So much appreciation to Michael Cavetto for coming through to the Listening Party Studio at Canal Street Market. Shout out to those guys all those months ago. This was literally the last episode we recorded there. So we've been holding on to this for a while. And I'm glad we could finally get it to you. It's been a crazy year. Uh, definitely check out Michael's album, All or Nothing, available now wherever you get your music on all streaming platforms. And you can find this podcast, First Generation Burden, on Apple, Spotify, Google, and anywhere you get your podcast content. Please rate us and drop a review. Go to firstgenburden.com for all the episodes on Instagram. We're at firstgenburden. You can find me, your host, at rich underscore tu. Thanks to Listening Party, Desjin team for their support. Be safe, everyone. Don't forget to vote November 3rd. You can do it by mail. Thanks for listening.